The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and I'm the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister, and... The Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the founder. Uh, today we're wrapping up the book, The Eye of the Storm. Next week, we're going to have the author of The Eye of the Storm, uh, the Reverend Gary Simmons, as our guest. We're going to interview him, allow you to call in and ask questions so we can really put a nice bow on this Eye of the Storm series. I think it's been very transformational. Just going back and looking at some of the material that has been covered is um this book is a game changer so again for those who might be listening to this show for the first time we're in the midst of a series titled the eye of the storm the capital i not i is an e-y-e but capital i it's about embracing conflict and creating peace and how do you do that from a spiritual perspective and we've gone through the book chapter by chapter making sure that we can um learn these principles, learn these spiritual principles that can help us transform our experiences. So I want to make sure that, you know, you know, I, I covered these last two chapters, which are not really long, just a couple of key points I want to cover. But I also want to make sure that I give you an opportunity this week if you want to ask me a question about this book now that we're, you know, wrapping it up. I want to make sure you have the opportunity to do that. The number to the to online unity radio is 888-558-6489 888-558-6489 also want to remind you that this show has a facebook page truth transforms with reverend galen mcdowell and it's the it's it's quicker than the email i know they give an email during the commercials but it's quicker than the email so if you're on facebook that's the easy way to get in contact with me as well so let's get right to it if you go to page 139 
uh, chapter 10. Chapter 10 is the power of center. The power of center. So at the bottom of page 139, the author writes, the key to embracing conflict is finding center. You can't be non-resistant or present to your life experience unless you are centered. Being centered is a mind-body experience that occurs when your attention and awareness form a bridge between the experience and your center. So, I want to get back to this for a moment. So, the first thing we need to do is make sure that we can center ourselves. You know, I love the scripture uh, in the, uh, the 91st Psalm because it starts off, stating he who dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty to me that's the scripture on centering it didn't say he who jumps in and out he said he who dwells or dwells in the secret place of the most high he who dwells in this space of centeredness he who dwells in this space of spiritual consciousness he who dwells in this peace love and grace he who dwells in understanding, he who dwells in infinite supply, is understanding that your mind must be centered for you to be able to react authentically. And when I mean authentically, I mean from the standpoint of your spiritual nature. So he's saying you can't be non-resistant to what's happening in space if you're not centered because later on in that scripture it says a thousand may fall at your at your side and ten thousand at your right hand but it shall not come near you now think about that that's a lot going on and obviously it's a metaphor but get what it's saying it's a it's a statement about being centered a thousand can fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand. <clears throat> 10,000. Think about what that's saying to you. Think about what it means to, <clears throat> excuse me, to be in a situation where <clears throat> things are going on around you and you're centered. Take a sip of water here for a moment. Understanding that your peace, your prosperity, your well-being is not dependent on what others do or don't do. As the Apostle Paul wrote, in all things I give thanks. When I was younger, I just couldn't understand that scripture. In all things I give thanks. Why do I want to give thanks for all this crazy stuff that's going on? Why do I want to give? Because it shifts the consciousness. It shifts the consciousness to a space that allows that which you are giving thanks for to show up. But you can't do that if you're not centered. Back to the book. He wrote again in that same paragraph. Being centered is a mind-body experience that occurs when your attention and awareness form a bridge. 
your attention and awareness, your attention and awareness form a bridge between the experience and your center. So what that is saying is that you, once you're centered, your consciousness of centered now engages that experience, but not as resistance as non-resistance. But it also has the power to transform it, transmute it, and, and to the to the space of once my consciousness transforms, that allows opportunities for my space to transform. See, this is why in New Thought we always say prayer doesn't change God; prayer changes you. And once your consciousness changes, it allows the grace, the love, the peace, the prosperity, the abundance, the wisdom, the understanding of God that's already present as possibility and potential to express in your life. God is already good. But if you're not aware of God's goodness as a reality in your life, you can suffer just because of a lack of awareness. That's why we teach in uh, the Johnny Coleman Institute that the primary cause of suffering is forgetfulness. We've forgotten that we're spiritual beings with dominion over our thoughts and feelings. We've forgotten that it's not God's will for us to suffer. We have to be, we have to come back to the basics. Anyway, moving on. Back to the book. He starts to talk about actually a center in the body. He talks about, you know, one and a half inches below your navel, between your stomach and spine, talking about the physical center of your body. Now, uh, Reverend uh, Gary Simmons is a martial artist, and that's something that's taught in martial arts. You know, you'll hear different versions of, you know, the Chi Center or the Danten or the Don Jong or whatever, depending on what language you're you're speaking on. I'm not going to really speak on that too much because that'll take me in a different place. But I do want to acknowledge that um, when you're learning how to breathe, like, like with Tai Chi or uh, the Qigong exercises, they teach you to send your breath down deep and mentally project that breath and try to physically send the breath down as far down into the lungs and you center it below the navel in a couple of inches because they believe that that is how you center yourself and you center your quote-unquote chi. But anyway... The point of it is, even if all of those mystical things aren't true, the body has to have a balance point, a center point from which to, to work. Now, I will say this. Once you learn how to balance that point, then you learn how to relax and stabilize your body. So your body can be strong and relaxed at the same time. But you can get in a Tai Chi class and learn that on your own. Anyway, moving on. Page 140. Last paragraph, all centers have a single common property. They are never in conflict with any other center. Your center and my center can never oppose each other. Mm. So if I'm centered and you're centered, what that means is that we're just both centered. If I'm centered in my spirituality and you're centered in your spirituality, we can never be in conflict. Why? Because they talk about it on page 141. He says, so a center is both a place and a potentiality out of which harmony and balance occur. 
So what is my center? It's a place in potentiality out of which harmony and balance occur. He said there is a place within every relationship where the forces of personality and soul interact to create spiritual growth and transformation. On the surface, this place may look and feel stormy, but we have but we have the capacity to experience the storm from our center, the eye of the storm, where there is calm and peace, where there is an awareness of God's presence. So as you're engaging and interacting with anyone, there's a center around even that relationship, even in organizations. What's the center? What's the purpose? What's the mission? What's the vision? Those aspects, those concepts, those ideologies should be the center of an organization. You know, at Christ Universal Temple, we're dedicated to making sure that we teach people how to live better lives through the renewing of their minds. Point blank. So it's easy to be able to say this is our center. So when things pop up that's not consistent with that, we have to say, wait a minute, is this consistent with what we're about? And we need to be consistent about what we're about. What am I about? What am I up to? What's my center? Not your spiritual center, but what's the center from the which from which you function? A purpose, a vision, a mission. Because if not, you're dealing with things situation by situation, and you have no ground, no base, no foundation from which to function. Hopefully that lands. Anyway, moving on. Page 141. He wrote, A practice in centering. Defensiveness is rooted in resistance. Resistance is triggered by a perceived threat. So in other words, mentally, emotionally, your thoughts, your feelings, your body reacts in defensiveness when it as defensiveness when we think we're being attacked. If you think somebody's verbally attacking you, you might verbally attack back. You might retreat, get scared, be fearful. You might physically try to engage a person. But when you're centered, when you're centered, it gives you the ability to take authentic action in a situation and circumstance so much so and that you know you know i'm just gonna say statements sometimes that sometimes you got to take it or leave it that if your consciousness is so centered that the majority if not all the nonsense that sometimes other people occur you won't even be there or be as if you're not there you know, you'll be in a situation, a circumstances, circumstances, something in you will say, something, spirit, don't go over there. And then some drama happens. Don't go in there. Don't do that. Don't go with that person. Then you find out something later about that individual that wasn't necessarily uh, positive. Or a situation or circumstances will happen and you'll be really close to it. But it won't touch you because a thousand can fall at your hand and ten thousand at I mean at your side and ten thousand at your right hand and it will not come near you. Well other people 
could be devastated by business decisions. You know, people get laid off. And how did you keep your job? Or you got laid off, but it was three other opportunities. And the next, the other opportunities have will, will pay you more than the job that you just got laid off from. But that's because of the consciousness that you express. And I know for some people that might seem, you know, weird. You know, no, that doesn't happen. No, it happens every day. People just don't talk about it. And that's unfortunate. That breakthroughs like this happen, but because we're not talking about things, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're keeping up with the Kardashians instead of sharing things that can transform our lives. And I'm not taking a dig at reality stars or those, that family in particular. What I'm saying is we don't have, we, you know, we have a tendency not to share transformative stories with each other. Is one of the benefits of the Chicken Soup of the Soul books that Jack Canfield and Mark Victor Hansen write. You want to read some stories about people who who overcome uh, uh, cancer? They have a book for that. I'm not promoting their books. I'm just saying. You want to hear about people who going against odds and stay positive? They have books for that. They have books for veterans. They have books for moms. They have books for African Americans, African American women. They have. Etc. Etc. All these books are just stories, stories that have been verified. I mean, they've been vetted to make sure that they're factual. That shows that people are living out their dreams. They're going against the odds and succeeding and producing miracles in their lives. But we don't talk about that. And those things rarely make the news. That which we're defensive against, that which we are defensive against, tends to keep our attention. So while I'm fighting something, I'm missing out on the possibility of blessings in my space. We got to, we we have to get centered so we can put our fist down, mentally or physically. And stop looking at everything as a potential threat. Now, there might be a situation, a circumstance where a physical threat might come in your space, literally. All right? And I'm not telling anybody not to take appropriate physical action or call the police or do whatever. That's wisdom. What I am saying is that if we walk around with the tension of a perceived threat, that is doing something even to the biochemistry. I saw a video and I sent it to some friends yesterday uh, about a doctor who uh, wrote a book, I believe it was called The Biology of Stress. And she talks about all of the things that happen when we stay in our fight or flight mode. You know, when we're always tense, when we're always stressed, how the body is building up and storing energy, dropping hormones into the system, speeding up the heart, uh, you know, et cetera, building up all this access. And then we have actually no real threat, no real fight. So we worked our bodies up and then we move on. But the body is still in that position. It's still worked up. It still think a lion is chasing us. It's still, it, it, you know, and I'm saying that from the standpoint of these were the th- mechanisms that early humanity u- utilized to, say, to stay safe. So uh, that energy that's built up as stress triggers things like wanting to eat fast food that can be burned off energy in easy like sugar. 
Why do I want to eat all these sweets? Because I'm staying stressed. And this stress is causing me to, my body to want that quick, unusable fuel that's not necessarily good for the body. That stress is storing up in my body is, is body fat, in my belly and in my whatever, because it's, I've worked the body up to store up this energy to dump all this stuff into my bloodstream and all these hormones and et cetera, and I don't have anything to do with it. We have to get away from this defensiveness. We have to get away from this stress. We have to learn how to be peace, be still for our physical health. So we're coming up on our first break. Again, if you want to call in, you can call in at 888-558-6489. We'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Wouldn't you like to share the programs that inspire you most with audiences around the world? That's easier than ever with mobile giving. Just text Unity Radio to 72727 and help us continue offering spiritual programs that change lives. Spirit of Recovery is the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth. Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., interviews down-to-earth guests who share with you how they keep going and growing in recovery. Spirit of Recovery is the place to get practical tips and join in lively discussions on topics that matter to recovering people. This program welcomes everyone who wants to know more about recovery. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Ever notice how the funniest things happen when we stop taking ourselves too seriously and step out boldly? Listen to Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed as these unlikely saints administer a refreshing dose of laughter and love that will inspire you to step out boldly and experience the funniest things. Join the discussion with Daryl and Ed live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Central Time on Funniest Thing, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. Again, we're in the book, The Eye of the Storm, in the chapter, uh, The Power of Center. And he gives an exercise that you would have to actually do yourself. So I'm not going to walk you through a physical exercise that you actually have to do yourself. And you need a partner to do it with you. It's a test of balance and centering and things of that nature and how you can test physical resistance, et cetera, et cetera. So you can do that on your own. What I want to get to is page 144 where he writes in the the, uh, the paragraph ending, at not the first full paragraph, but on that page, that paragraph just continued from the last page. Your resistance is really how you try to protect yourself when you perceive a threat. 
whether the threat is real or imagined. Real or imagined. Again, before the break, I said, you know, it might be a situation, a circumstance where someone might not be for your highest good, doing up to something that's not for your highest good. But the majority, the overwhelming majority of the time, that's not the case. Be mindful about what you're doing to your mind and body by being in a stressed, defensive, resistant position. Some people just walk around with a mentally resistant space. But if you if you again, if you're in a battle mode, you can't be in blessing mode. They don't work together. You can't be in battle mode and blessing mode at the same time. Be be mindful of that. So if you if if you if you're ready to fight, you're not looking for opportunities to grow and bless. Anytime you're in a, in, engage into a fight, the only purpose of fight fighting um, is to by force stop someone or something. Now I'm not putting morality around that. I'm just simply saying that's what a fight is. Okay, it has to be a clear winner and a clear loser. That's a fight. So, anyway, expanding your energy, page 145. He wrote, just by shifting your awareness from your circumference to your center, you change how you relate to the experience. This is what I was talking about. You become present to your life experience and able to do the next thing to extend energy. The extension of energy is also a psychophysical dynamic. When you feel love toward another person, your thoughts and feelings of love extend your energy field to your beloved. When you pray for another, your prayer consciousness is an extension of your energy to the other person. Ernest Holmes wrote, truth known, this is a paraphrase, not exact quote, truth known, uh, uh, basically truth known here is truth known everywhere. That's a paraphrase, not the exact quote. The point he was making is, if I know the truth about you, I'm in Chicago, you could be in Sydney, Australia. But if if what I am holding in consciousness is the truth about you in Chicago, it also has to be the truth in Sydney, Australia. And therefore, me holding that consciousness of truth can affect you in Sydney, Australia, because there's no time, there's no distance. The mind is non-local. We're all in the omnipresence of God, as is written in Acts 17, 28. In him we live, move, and have our being. So when I am holding that consciousness of truth here, you can be affected by my energy, which is my thinking, my mental vibration, my impulse, my thinking and feeling, my holding of consciousness, me getting centered, me affirming and holding the truth here can be known anywhere. So when you pray for another, your prayer consciousness is an extension of your energy to the other person. Think about what that means. When you are in so he goes on to say, when you are in conflict, you do the opposite of extending your energy. You contract. Mm. Mm. So so. When you're contracting, you're pulling your energy back. You're pulling your the, the transformative love of spirit back. So there can be no transformation because you've pulled the transform, 
transforming power out of the experience or refuse to allow it to enter it. It says you distance yourself from your adversary. You avoid contact while these tactics protect you from threat. They reinforce your sense of separation and exacerbate the issues that trigger upset. In other words, you don't get healed when you do this. When you become afraid and defensiveness, you can't be transformed. You know, I've been in workshops and seminars where a facilitator really challenged someone about their belief system around a particular subject right in the course. And some people get mad. You know, of course, they pay for that. It's okay. You op- are you open to some coaching around this? Are you open to some conversation around this? Are you open to looking at this a different way? Yes, I am. And then they go in, and then anger can come up, frustration can come up, fear can come up, the tears, the emotions, you know, etc. Why? Because the defensiveness keeps you from really dealing with your real feelings around it. But if the people stick through the process, they can get to the other end, which is transformation. Because as, as, as the uh, song, old gospel song says, I now was blind, but now I see from the gospels when Jesus healed the blind man. I once was blind, but now I see. And now I can see spiritually I can handle the situation differently. It doesn't have to dictate my responses now because I've been through something. Most of the time we act the way we act because of the things we've gone through in our lives. Not necessarily the facts about what we went through, but our perceptions, our beliefs, and the meaning we gave those experiences which are not necessarily and most of the time not consistent with just the facts. Like that old show in the 60s, Dragnet, when the cop would say, just the facts, ma'am, just the facts. That was a way of saying, I don't need your interpretation. Just tell me factually what happened. What What are the objective facts in the matter? And just go from there. All right, back to the book. Practice makes perfect. All right. So on top of page 147, he two, two lines down from the top, he wrote, when you become aware of a threat or conflict, just bring your attention to your center. You know, some of the ways you do that is just by taking a really good deep breath. Because that tells your body everything's okay. Everything's okay. One of the reasons why yoga, tai chi, and qigong is so good for the body, because if the ex doing those exercises forces forces the body to breathe deeply and slowly, everything's okay. 
Somebody, when people say, you know, just step away and just go take a deep breath. What good is that? Is literally telling your body everything is okay. So that's a physical tool you can use to trigger in your mind the same thing. Everything's okay. Everything's okay. Everything's okay. Or whatever you need to say. Peace be still. Peace be still. When I see people that are agitated and they're having a conversation with me, sometimes I'll just say, hey, peace be still. Let's just take for a moment. Peace be still. If they're open to it, say it with me. Peace be still. Peace be still. What am I doing? I'm telling their mind and body, calm down. Everything's okay. Calm down. Everything's okay. Calm down. Everything's okay. And sometimes you have to come back to it. Come back to it because a person can get, well, I would have did this. And they said, okay, I get it. Peace be still. Peace be still. Peace be still. All right. Page 147. He has some questions in that first full paragraph. When you start going through stuff, these are good questions to ask. What am I making this mean? We've dealt with this before, but we keep coming back to that question. What am I making this mean? How is it possible that this feels like a threat to me? Again, if if I'm in my spiritual consciousness, if I'm centered, why do I view this as a threat? Why do I think this can harm me? Why do I think this person can harm me or take away something from me? What belief do I have about myself that supports this feeling I have regarding the personal situation? Ooh. In other words, do I feel as though I'm adequate to meet the, the task? Do I feel as though I need to engage because I'll look bad if I don't? I have to prove to people that I'm tough, I'm bad, I'm rough, I'm whatever. What is it about me? That supports this feeling I'm having right now or anger or fear or frustration of anxiety of jealousy of envy. What's what's what perception am I holding about myself? Because if I'm feeling a certain way, it's in my consciousness. It's in my consciousness. Moving on, what inner resource am I missing in order not to feel uneasy in this situation? What is that saying? What inner resource am I missing? In other words, what concept, what principle, what what, what ideology, what ideal, what belief system is missing? Because if, if I had this perception, if I had this belief if I had this concept, if I understood this principle, would I feel uneasy in this situation? What part of me wants to push this away or make the other person wrong? In other words, push it away. I don't want to deal with this. 
Have you ever caught yourself saying that? I don't want to deal with this. Now, the situation hasn't, it's still screwed up. I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to handle it. You know what? I'm just tired. I don't want to deal with this right now. I don't want to whatever. But eventually, you got to come back to it. Some people push it away with, push it away, and then they, you know, go into, you know, depressed moods. Some people drink. Some people do drugs. Some people gamble. Some people, you know, try to engage in random sexual behavior to try to get, hear me, out of their mind. Out of their mind. In other words, I don't want to have to deal with it. See, it's it's really tough not to feel safe in your own mind. Some people don't want to be in their own mind. Turn the radio on. Watch TV, movies, television shows, reality shows, whatever. Let me surf on this internet on my phone. Again, let me go get wasted or high or or gamble with my rent money or seek chase thrills. You know, dangerous stuff. Just you know, or, you know. Sometimes people are uh, adrenaline junkies. All of those things, and I'm not, I'm not judging things. I'm saying doing what works. Many of the things are things we do to get out of our minds. I'm not saying that anything is right, wrong, whatever. But sooner or later, you got to deal with what's going on in your life. And sometimes they can be unconscious substitutes not to deal with what's going on. In our lives, we don't feel safe in our own minds. So we try to get out of our minds. But to really be the eye of the storm, you have to be centered in your mind while all of these various experiences are playing themselves out in your lives, but definitely in your mind to be able to be centered and have a foundation of truth of who God is and who and what you are in God and who and what God is in you. Knowing that that's your peace, that you're centered, and then you can engage what you consider conflict through your spiritual consciousness. These questions just force us to say, am I pushing this away or am I making this other person wrong? Okay, I don't have to deal with this situation because it's not me, it's the other person. And again, this is not excusing behavior. Of other people. This is not a free get out of jail card. What it is saying is simply this. Let me be mindful. Let me be mindful. That. By making the other person wrong. And not evaluating. My feelings in the midst of this. That person has come in. And they've now triggered stuff in my soul. Why. Am I being triggered. Why am I angry. Why am I frustrated. Why am I justifying my reactions? Because if you, because if it was nothing that a trigger, you would be indifferent to it. It's just something to think about.
Page 148, to wrap up this chapter, and I'll do the last chapter in the last section, because there's only a few points I want to cover. On page 148, he wrote, You are bigger than your insecurities and fears because you are a whole and perfect child of God. Ask yourself, what do I need in order to be in this situation without needing it to be changed? What do I need in order to be in this situation without needing it to be changed? That is a powerful conversation. If nothing changes, who am I in this situation? If nothing changes. Because that gives you freedom to make choices. You don't have to react. You can make a conscious choice about what's best for you. All right, so... Make sure you do the therapy questions in that chapter. We'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Unity is designating 2010 as the Year of the Twelve Powers, and throughout the year we'll be providing you with a variety of free online resources to help you apply one new power each month. This month we are celebrating imagination. We affirm, I envision good unfolding in every area of my life. I envision good unfolding in every area of my life. Join Unity on a year-long journey of spiritual discovery and transformation with the 12 powers. For more information, go to www.unity.org and click on the link for the 12 Powers Resource Center. the saying a good deed is its own reward well moving toward a plant-based diet and vegan lifestyle is one kind and compassionate act that isn't just its own reward it will also reward you with vibrant health boundless energy and easy way to keep your weight where you want it and according to yogis and unity's co-founder charles fillmore even give a boost to your spiritual life on main street vegan the radio program named for the popular book Victoria Moran will make your move in a vegan direction easy, fun, affordable, and delicious. With enticing topics and entertaining guests every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. Now I'm on page 150, chapter 11, a call to make peace. So he writes, So he wrote, from the eye of the storm, you bring the attributes of wholeness to the experience of the storm. The purpose of your center is not to make the storm go away. The purpose of life, 
of taking life into your center is to get what you need in order to become fully present to the storm. In other words, you transform it. Here's the thing about energy, which is kind of tripped out. You know, if you've ever been in a situation or circumstance where the person that you were so madly in love with, now you really don't like, now you really don't want to see some people go from, you know, I can't live without this person to extreme hate. It's the same emotional energy being directed differently. All this energy that's wrapped up in the storm can be focused. And I'm not saying this is what this gentleman is saying in this book. I'm just adding some of my perspective. A lot of energy that we use to fight these battles, to engage with people, to argue, uh, to want people to be right. I mean, to act right, to do right, to speak right. In other words, live the way we think they should live. We took all of that energy that's engaged in us fighting the storm and stopped fighting it. We can put that same energy on what we say we want out of life, what we want to create, what we want to produce, what we want to do. Many times we're so busy engaging in nonsense that we are too tired to really go after what we say we want in life. It's sort of like being upset at work all day. You're mad at your boss, or if you're the boss, you're mad at your employees, or you're mad at your co-workers, or you're exhausted because you're overworked, or you're upset with the customers, or whatever. Then you come home, and you treat your family, significant other, or spouse, or children, or whoever lives with you improperly because you haven't learned the process of decompressing so you can be present to your family. So what ends up happening is the energy that's so wrapped up in at work not being the way you want it has now corrupted you not being present to what you need and what is needed from you in the context called family. Now, if you can transform the work experience and change your perceptions, change the meaning you give it, then you don't have to address and be a, and, and, and pollute your family experience. So why should your spouse pay for what your coworker isn't doing? Why should your children pay for what your boss did or didn't do? Why should people who you claim mean the most to you suffer because you can't find your center? It's something to think about because many times when we start talking about making a call for peace, making a legitimate call for peace, we don't realize how much energy we're wasting on nonsense when we can be producing a life that works. At the bottom of that page, it says, page 150 says, as you bring principle into how you are relating to the situation, you access the field of infinite possibilities to create an explosion of opportunity. In other words, when you bring when when you consciously bring God into the situation, because God is omnipresent, but you got to consciously do it. When you consciously bring God into the situation, you bring the possibility of unlimited good expressing in ways that you might not have even seen. But you got to be open and receptive to it. You got to be open and receptive to it. 
you know, the author makes a great point on page 151 when he wrote, Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers for they should be called children of God. He says, I've always believed that peacemaking is a path to God. I felt for myself and others a deep longing for reconciliation, not just in terms of healing and relationships or resolutions or conf of conflicts, but in terms of my own sense of being. Now, he gives a point that drives right home to what we're still dealing with today in a world that is so divided by issues of race, gender, sexual orientation, religion and human rights. How is it possible that we do not feel both a part of the problem and a part of the solution? Reconciliation is somehow coming to terms with our fears and insecurities in the awareness that we are so much more. For me, peacemaking is a process of transcendence wherein we discover our innate wholeness and worth. So, for us to be a peacemaker, we have to make peace with, okay, all of these things are going on and people are, are choosing sides about who's right and who's wrong about so many issues. Instead of being the space of the peacemaker and being in alignment with the principle of truth, that's seeking expression. What does that mean? You put it this way, peacemaking on page 151, peacemaking is neither passive nor aggressive. It is neither political correctness or militant demand. It is a dynamic neutrality in the face of competing tensions of or mutually exclusive positions. So if you're a peacemaker, you can work with different sides now and and seek to find. What is the real common ground behind this? Because sometimes people are arguing and fighting over ideologies and they don't even know why. But when you're a peacemaker, you can see beyond the facade and get to the center. Okay, God is in this situation, so transformation can happen. God is in this situation. Now, does that mean people won't get all in their feelings? It's possible they will, but you can't get it all in yours if you're a peacemaker. If you're a peacemaker, peacemaker does not mean that you're a doormat. You let people walk over all over you and all of that type of stuff. What it does mean is that you are you are powerful yet loving. You show up in your power, but it's extended with love. It's extended with wisdom. Back to the book. It says it is holding the space for possi the possibility of reconciliation to occur in a field of infinite possibilities. So when I bring God consciousness to a space, the opportunity for transformation is at hand. Now, does that mean that a person that you're engaging with will want that transformation? No. But you know what? It also might mean that through divine law, that person has moved on to be in alignment with those that will re that that will align with their consciousness. So, for instance, when you are when you become, you know, praying. I can remember a story uh, that I heard a minister talk about in his everyday job, not ministry job, about having an employee that, through some union dynamics, wasn't easy to get uh, to remove or replace. And he had conflicts with this particular person over and over again. And 
eventually he had to surrender to it. Okay, not my will, your will be done. God, I want the highest for me and the highest for this person. And that was the minister's daily prayer over and over again, over and over again. And that person then, instead of creating conflict in the space like they were doing daily, ended up getting an offer to go somewhere else to do the same job and uh, at a, you know, I guess a, a, a place that that person desired to be at more than the current location and needed a letter of recommendation and had to go to the minister who was the supervisor for a letter of recommendation, which was quickly written, and that person was out of the door. So instead of fighting and going through the union battles and multiple write-ups and all of those type of things, and I'm not saying that those things aren't necessary at times, because sometimes they are. But getting to the space of, if even if I have to do that, I'm still in my center. I might have to do all these write-ups, and I'm still in my center. I'm still in my center. I can remember telling because I used to work in retail in in the grocery business. I can remember telling an employee I was writing up one day was spewing the venom and you know basically saying you know uh, you know one you know one day I'm going to be the person that you know that's going to be in the room getting ridden up and let go and all that other type of stuff. And I looked at her in the face and said, "I'm not going anywhere until I choose to go." And that really threw her off of her game because I said it so calmly. I'm not going anywhere until I choose to go, which is what happened, by the way. So it's understanding the space. And instead of fighting and engaging and whatever, I just followed the policy until that person was out the door. Okay, these are the policies in place. You do this, that, and other. I'm going to call this and I'm going to do that. Fine. Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep my center. I'm going to keep my center. I'm going to keep my center. No matter what. Your crazy energy can be going on around me. I'm going to keep my center. He says, a peacemaker stands at the center of confusion, upset, and conflict without making the others wrong for their positions. Yeah, I don't need to be wrong. We're going to do what we need to do in this space to make it what it needs to be and either you can be a part of that transformation or you can keep it moving and that's okay so last point page 155 and he gives some other things that he he would you know uh he talked about but you know this is the main thing accept your call you are called to be a peacemaker as a pathway to god and as a demonstration of wholeness of your wholeness and worth the entire universe supports you in making peace wherever you are and in every storm that comes upon you. So don't forget that. God, the universe, divine intent supports you in being a peacemaker. Be that space where transformation can happen. Next week, we're going to have the author of the book, the Reverend Gary Simmons on the call 
Make sure you call in and ask this man a question. He's brilliant. Obviously, you read the book. Take advantage of that moment. God bless you, and I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. Does the idea of being a vegetarian or a vegan intrigue you? Is it something you've pondered? Listen each week as Victoria Moran, author of Main Street Vegan, shows you how to make the shift to a sustainable lifestyle for both you and the planet. Each week you'll learn about the latest on the vegan life. It's not just for celebrities and moguls, but for people just like you who want to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Guests will range from unity ministers to vegan authors, activists, physicians, chefs, and even some of those glittery celebs. There'll be recipes, ideas, tips for going vegan at your own pace, and ways to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. Tune in Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time for Main Street Vegan, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Sometimes life can seem like a jigsaw puzzle. Even if we think we have a clear picture of what we want, we may become overwhelmed in our efforts to fit all the pieces together. Although each of our lives may look different on the outside, what we are all striving to create is the same, peace of mind. We mistakenly think that peace will be ours once we have fit all the pieces of our lives into place. But peace isn't dependent on outer circumstances, and it's not something that must be finished. It's a work in progress within each of us. If I want to picture peace clearly, I look within myself. The peace I've been missing is there. Peace can begin with me. To find a Unity Church near you, please visit our website at www.unity.org. Have you heard about Dr. Tom Shepard's new program on Unity Online Radio? Tom Shepard, isn't he the Unity Magazine question and answer guy? Right. Well, they've actually turned him loose with a radio show, and I hear it's going to be pretty edgy. Edgy? Like what? Guest panelists and students from Unity Institute and Seminary, topics like abortion, gay marriage, war and peace, environmental issues, Islamic fundamentalism, universal health care, religion and politics, current events. Yeah, but they'll all be Unity people, right? Dr. Tom and his students will talk about the hard questions facing all people today, sometimes joined by rabbis, priests, liberal and conservative ministers, Buddhist monks, Baha'is, Hindus. And he's going to interview them on the program? 
better. He's going to introduce a controversial topic and let students and special guests go for it. This could get explosive. Does he have guys in black shirts standing by to break up the fights? (laughs) If I know Dr. Tom, he will keep it both friendly and spirited. Whoa, I gotta hear this. When and where? The program is called Let's Talk About It, and it's on every Thursday at 9 a.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio. So let's talk about it. Definitely, let's. Are you looking for help on your path to healing? I'm Lisa Campion. I'm a psychic, Reiki master, teacher, and energy healer. On my podcast, The Miracle of Healing, I'm going to help you on your healing path. Listen to conversations with leading teachers in energy medicine, quantum healing, and people who have recovered from loss and illness. Whether it's to take care of your own healing or to help other people, this is the podcast for you, right here on mindbodyspirit.fm.